This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by the Idle Thumbs Network. <laughs> Podcasts, get them, lots of them, at idlethumbs.net. Put them in your ears. Idle Thumbs, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Gently swab your ear holes with these pleasing with pods. With our aural content. All right, let's do it. Press start, go. Okay. Press start, go. A new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Press start, go, God. Just... Get our chiptune theme going here. Yep. <clears throat> Your daily dose of gaming goodness. <laughs> on our new Here podcast. on Idle Thumbs. Press start, go. In this post Ready Player One world. Mm. It's March 2018. And this is Press Start Go 317. <laughs> I'm Chris Rebo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Welcome, gamers. Welcome, gamers. <laughs> Time for your monthly dose of gaming goodness. Oh, Jesus. Here on Press Start Go from Idle Thumbs. <laughs> I don't know, you guys leaned into it with your, well, yeah. your intros. I, no I, matter how despicable, Chris, I will I will obey the yes <laughs> I and. I tentatively teed it up, expecting little in return. Mm. I got more than I could have asked or hoped for. Or wanted. Or wanted, <laughs> and had no choice but to, but to give you, right to you your dose. <laughs> Here's the dose. <laughs> okay. Shut up. Anyway. Shut up, us. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> this is terrible. Welcome to Idle Thumbs. We're going to talk about some video games. Um, it is... Is pretty cool. I have been playing. I'm just going to get into it unless you guys have anything else here. No, get right uh, in there. <laughs> I have been mainly playing Into the Breach, which is a game that, in the relatively short time since its release, has achieved an almost totemic presence in my life. Uh, this is the follow up to, I mean, I was going to say the follow-up to FTL, but it doesn't... This is the new game from the developers the of FTL. the next game from yeah. the developers of FTL, yeah. Um, led by, I suppose, Justin Ma. And uh, hmm. it is... It certainly, sh- I, I suppose, in some ways shares some DNA with FTL. I guess most obviously just kind of its style of 2D pixel art. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a completely different game. It's a game that is more deliberative in that it is completely turn-based with no real-time elements whatsoever. It is a 2D tactical turn-based strategy game kind of along the lines of an XCOM. It's kind of... It's almost like XCOM and Advance Wars or something. It's almost like a like a merging of those. Uh, but more... An, an aggressively appealing combination of things. It's a yeah, it's aggressively appealing and a very aggressive game. The it is very streamlined in the sense that there are not a lot. I mean, there are a lot of different enemy types, um, I suppose, but the game feels almost more like a really elemental board game, like chess or something, than it does uh, a video st- game strategy game, which tend to have. They tend to be very different to strategy board games mm-hmm. in that because they're video games, they can have tons of, of enemies and tons of weapons. And this game has all of that, but really, at the end of the day, it is so much more about the incredibly precise 
every single turn matters immeasurably uh, kind of attitude you get with a really strategic board game hmm. because um, the it the way it works, enemies telegraph all of their attacks. So you'll have these these, you know, it's sort of an alien invasion thing in which aliens are taking over Earth. You're a time traveler that's basically sent back in time to like the moment when you could have saved the Earth from this invasion. And that doesn't really matter to the game, except that that feeling that time is of the utter essence is actually really important because the way it works, enemies telegraph all of their attacks. So you see everything they're going to do in the next turn. So theoretically, you can prevent all of the damage they're about to do. Like This is a game in which you can run perfect levels again and again. Like You can theoretically never take damage, never cause any of your buildings to be damaged, which is the thing that ultimately causes you to lose. If your buildings are damaged, they damage the power grid, which has a meter. And if mm-hmm. that power grid meter reaches zero, your whole game's over. But be- because of this move telegraphing, let's say you have an enemy that is standing next to a building and you can see that if left uninterrupted next turn, it will do three damage to that building. And that's a huge disaster. You might have a weapon, you know, punching ability on one of your sort of giant mechs that are that are your units. And th- that punching ability might only do one damage to that enemy, but it will also push them one square in the direction of its attack. And so if you punch it away from the building, you're saved. Maybe that also does something like pushing it into the path of one of your own units, and therefore it'll do one damage to your unit. You can sort of set up this whole cascading Hmm. uh, sequence, and you can also look at the attack order to see the order in which all of the enemy units will attack on their turn because that really matters. If he attacks before a different enemy does, that might mean he ends up doing damage to that its own unit or, or vice right. versa. It's the reason I'm going into so much detail describing this is because while you usually won't score perfect uh, victories and while you, while you often cannot prevent all of your buildings from being damaged, knowing how the game works means I have spent, there are times I've spent so much time just examining deeply the state of a single turn to try and figure out, oh my God, I am totally fucked. Is there anything I can do to, is there anything I can do to address this? Um, I, there was a, there was a time last week uh, where I was on a, I was pretty deep into the game and I had a screen in which it looked like I was completely just overwhelmed. And I, that one turn before I did anything, it took me two days of like, I'd open the game back because when you when you quit, it just saves exactly where you are. Right. So I'd open the game back up and I would just stare at it. I mean, I would I would I would stare at it for like ten minutes, and I'd be like, God, I just I would have a little bit, I would have a little inkling of what to do. Right. And then like, I'd be there's like, oh, something God. here. Yeah. yeah, there's something here. But then if I do this, oh God damn it, this other one's gonna totally, you know, destroy my shit or wreck wreck my units or whatever. And I would I would close it again. I would come back to it, and finally I, I had this like eureka moment. I was I was like Archimedes jumping out of the tub naked, uh, and I, I I was like oh my god I finally have it and I did it and I you know was able to complete that turn I think pretty much entirely unscathed and that's what I mean when I say the game has taken on an almost totemic presence in my life it looms so large it is a 
terrifying experience to play. It's completely different to something like FTL, which is frenetic and frantic and feels a, one given game of FTL feels almost disposable. I mean, that gets less true as you get deep into it and it starts getting, you know, you, you, you start really um, getting close to the end and, and so on. But th- this game really, it feels monumentally important to get everything right. It is, y- your resources are so limited and there's so little randomness. As far as I can tell, the only element in the game that is actually random is a chance that your buildings will resist damage based on this metric you have. And sometimes your buildings, if attacked by an enemy, will resist damage. And it's it's tied to essentially what is a resource or, 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 or a so stat. So is that set up the- such that then, like... Enemy spawn locations and everything is is predetermined so that people I actually say, can say, "Oh, I have I have a randomized." So yeah, otherwise, otherwise you'd, you'd eventually well, there'd be a community <laughs> optimal run of of each of these things that gets uh, yeah, pretty pared sorry. down. I guess I'm distinguishing between something that is random because a system just literally determines. Well, okay, so I, I'm talking about a difference between randomness in theory and randomness technically. Technically, there are a lot of random things because yes, you guys are right. Enemy spawn locations are random. You can't predict what enemies are going to are going to do entirely. But if an enemy was playing but if it if you were actually playing against a person, that would just those would just be the things that the enemy were, was choosing to do. Sure. Like it's it's not so much that they're random, it's that there's an AI that is determining them. Whereas chance of your building to resist attack that actually is just a 30 percent chance like that might happen and it might not it's not because anyone's it's not because any theoretical opponent you're playing against is choosing it it is actually just a random die, die roll the enemy spawn locations might under the hood be some form of random die roll but the idea is you're playing against an intelligent enemy that is choosing those things in a way that will fuck you over right so i, I guess that's what i mean as a distinction between randomness and non-randomness. Right, uh, that, that just, as you described it, it made it sound like, oh, if you wipe, you could rerun the same thing no, and you optimize have, your approach, you but, the, but the starting, well, condi- the starting start conditions are different every time yeah. slightly. And even if that were true technically, it wouldn't matter because if you wipe, you just have to start the game over. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't ever get to replay the same mission. It's not for this, for, I mean, yes, a lot of the game is randomly generated for sure. Um, but I guess, I guess what I mean is, it's not like playing Civilization or XCOM or something where you're constantly rolling the dice and being like, oh, man, this is a tough one, but there's like a 20% chance that this attack's going to work on that enemy and I'm going to take the risk. Like, that's just, that isn't how this game works. There's only one kind of area in which that's ever true, and it's a defensive thing, but, like, you can't you will always know exactly how much damage you're going to do to an enemy, exactly how much damage the enemy is going to do to you. You always know exactly where the enemy is going to move once they telegraph it. There, it's, there is randomness in the game, but it's not, the randomness is not the thing where you are going to just like press go and then throw and fate then to just, the wind. Just dice roll over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Once you press go, you know what the next turn is going to be. You just know because it's all written on the board. Um, and that is something that means... And that is the reason the game becomes so, I think, mentally overwhelming to me because I know I, you know, for the most part, I know that it is it's within my power to overcome situations, at least in theory. Um, 
I, I think it's incredible. I've completed the game once. I completed it for the first time last night, and it was very exciting. It was actually, in a way, it was almost anticlimactic because the the final battle ended up kind of being one of those things that was way easier than the like. I it was, I almost it was almost a perfect run. Uh, I I was one of my buildings was damaged once in the final battle, and it was a, that was really disappointing. Uh, you almost refunded the game after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what a what a complete ripoff that was. Uh, Nick, you've been playing this game as well. What is your take on um, this game? I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a Into very very breach. good game. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I realize I, I just kept saying this game for a long time. I want yeah. to clarify. I uh, it's weird. My I, I guess because of how brutal it is, I yeah. I actually like my mental state. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not finding myself agonizing over the next mm. turn so much as yeah. when I actually lose, <laughs> then <laughs> then the anguish of like knowing that I probably screwed up maybe like three missions ago. Right. Uh, you, you know, like because there it does have that FTL sort of uh, uh, spiral to it where you know you kind of know like ugh my grid my power grid uh, only has two bars. That's because mm-hmm. I made this decision like three yep. missions ago. Therefore, yep. like I can just feel this run just tanking hard. But like I'm still alive, so I guess I'm gonna try and like wheedle my way out of this fucking situation. But probably I'm gonna die. But maybe yeah. I could figure out a way to do it. No, I <laughs> yeah. couldn't. And then I'm just fucking dead, dead, dead. And I, yeah. I just hate myself for like screwing it up. I I actually like it's such a brutal game. Uh, that my initial reaction to it was I can tell that this game, like I know this game is brrilliantly designed, but yeah. I'm not enjoying the experience of playing it as much as same, FTL. Yeah. But I can't I the same stop playing reaction. it, so I don't know what that yeah. means. Like it just means that it's just, you know, it's just trapped me in like a perfect uh, like torture device that's just, you know, <laughs> like wrecking my brain. Right. But it, but I love it. I don't know. It's it's horrible, but it's yeah. great. I, you know, that's, yeah. that's my general feeling. So, sounds uh, sounds like you've been gaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, in gaming in twenty eighteen, welcome to press start go. Yeah, yeah, it's, right. It's perfect torture device <laughs> that I hate, but I can't stop it. But yeah. I love it. Yeah, Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, but yeah, no, it's 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 really great. I, have you, Chris? I'm I'm curious, like. That you know you you can choose from eight different squads, which seems to be the main kind of. Well, you have to unlock them first. Yeah, but I eventually. Have you, you can, unlocked all eight of them? I've unlocked most of them at this point. Wow. Yeah. God. Okay. That's actually you, mainly you, so what I've been So you've completed doing. the game a bunch of times, probably. No, I haven't actually. I haven't. What? Uh, you no, haven't I, it at I, all? I, I don't think I played it as much as you, but I've definitely been Wait, poking more. That's at that interesting stuff. because I how. I've only unlocked like two squads. I so think. you unlock Maybe them. You unlock them via achievements. So you have to specifically uh-huh, right. be like trying to do those. Uh, yeah, I haven't looked at any of, of that things. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I've been messing around with. The kind of differences in each squad more than more than like trying to you know put together a perfect run. Um, but I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really trying to do anything. I I guess I just played yeah. without. I guess I guess I just strive for perfection. <laughs> no, no, no. I just I just mean I I played trying to do well in the context of the things sure. that just happened you know what i mean as a right. pro- like i i, I um, but i was i'm glad you brought that up because i actually specifically wanted to ask you about that mm. because i probably should start doing what you're doing mm. because my winning run was actually completed 
with one of the additional squads I opened up. Okay. And it was a um, it felt like a breeze compared to Yeah, so the that's what I was curi- curious about to ask you cuz like I-, I was curious if you had beaten the game with the first squad. No. And I'm 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 really curious to know like if this is the sort of game where one squad feels sort of overpowered compared to the next. Uh, because my assumption know. would be that it's not. My assumption yeah, would be that it's perfectly possible to complete the game with all of them. Yeah. However, the second squad that you can unlock the the um the, is that the, the one squad that moves has, people around. It has, well, the, it's the squad with the jet. Um, it's it, oh, I love that one. That squad is that's fantastic. the one I win with, and I and I, I find that. I find it much easier to play with that squad. Yeah. than the first that's, one. For instance. That's for clarity. That's a squad that is very much focused around. Uh, Less about doing direct damage and mm. more about yeah. uh, like obscuring the enemy, like sort of shrouding them Ugh. in smoke, which yeah. prevents them from attacking. Hmm. Well, it also does, does smaller damage. amounts of damage over yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, have you gotten well, the you thing can... where smoke does more damage? Yeah, well, it, well, it, it, what I've I've also got. Have you, have you do you have the weapon where um well it's just an air an air strike or whatever and it drops like five clouds of smoke on an area. No, I've oh seen my that God. one, but I didn't get it's it. It's so oh, good because you can good, use though. it to just like deny half of the map, and so then you watch but the enemy try But can you where the smoke goes? Yeah, I mean, you can just point any oh, any point on the map, you can just drop five tiles of smoke in a cross pattern, and it just means oh. that you can you can basically like... Yeah, I, I haven't seen that You can funnel one. enemies into a corner and then drop that on them, and they're just so owned and they know they're yeah. owned like they just stop attacking <laughs> you know you can just well, tell they have like, to. the smoke forces them to stop attacking. yeah i know it's they know i like that you're internalizing that instead of as some kind of like physical <laughs> right? yeah. property it's yeah. like a psychological yeah. thing where they're like, they're like well, oh jeez, there's not even any point now i'll just turn off my gun there's yeah. smoke everywhere yeah um you know i love that squad i'm, mm. I'm yeah yeah i love it and I, I also because it's so much of it, as you say, I think is about map control, mm-hmm. and that feels like a pr- such a precious, precious yes. thing in this game. I mean, that that is one of the things that makes this game to me feel kind of mentally like playing chess or something. Yeah. Is that it is absolutely one hundred percent just as much about directionality, map control, movement, positioning than it is about direct damage. Y- y- for, you know like, what this game feels sure. like to me? This game feels like the way that I actually play like a digital version of chess where I, I make a move and then I go, I know I shouldn't have made that move because he just did this thing. So let me like re- rewind one move. I'll just cheat. I'll do, I'll hit the cheat button and go back one move and then see well, like what I should have done. And then, uh, no, he's going to do this if I do that. So eh. like, I just, you know, every time can... I try and load up like chess master, I try to play it honestly, <laughs> but then I always, I always, right. always rewind and cheat just to see like what I should have done. And that's but what this, this game, game feels like. But this game actually, I think, implements that in a really good way, which is that you can only reset one turn yes. per match. Yes. Like per kind of well, mission. Oh, that's cool you that it gives exactly you exactly one, one yeah. turn rewind, and that's it. But another thing that I think you're about to say is that you can rewind moves yes. until you've attacked. Like right. the, each, well, each unit... Specifically, oh, you can rewind. You can rewind all of your moves unless you've attacked from unless anything, you've attacked, which I didn't yes. realize initially. Uh, but I didn't that either, is yeah. that is an important yeah. distinction because you can you can take all three of your guys and make moves with them, and then and position in, them, yeah, and position them, and then undo all of that. Yeah, um, I've gotten really in, nice. that's the habit I've gotten into is mm-hmm. moving all of my units into the place where they will attack, and then. Once they're all there, I game out. I sort of, in my head, I'm like, okay, if this attacks, then this will happen. Then I do that. Then I do that. Okay, I'm ready to commit. Or I'll do all my moves and That's go again. That's cool that yeah. it lets you actually just place the units yeah. instead of having mm-hmm. to 
it makes sense with moving because moving itself doesn't change the state of the board at all. Yeah. Um, and so there's not really any reason why you shouldn't be able to undo your moves. But then once you've attacked, you've actually changed right. the state. And so it makes sense that you can't undo that. Yep. Yep. And then having that one that one global move on that one global turn undo per mission is really, really nice. I mean, it's it it almost it weirdly in a way almost contributes to the sense of permanence in the game, even though technically it it adds impermanence because well, you get to see it one time, but you don't get it anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's a big mm. deal. That and it also because once again it reinforces the importance of the turn, mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. a turn. You don't even, the, a given mission doesn't even have that many turns. They have what like five often or something. Yeah, six. I don't know how many, but it's yeah, not not actually that many. But each one is so just toweringly important yep. um, and having saying like you can redo one of these yep. it yep. almost like bolsters that the other game the, the other thing that's so good about this game is just like opening it up it instantly loads hitting like continue yeah it's just I know. everything is just yep. so snappy Crisp. and yep. like you hit it you hit like load mission and it just like everything just you know full screens instantly and you're just already like making a decision like there's just there's mm-hmm. no load times there's no like bullshit like it just fucking it's just the game yep. and like you, you just when you want to play it you play it and it's just mm-hmm. fully that experience and then when you quit it just quits out like i it's just, i i was playing i can't remember something uh in the last couple of weeks that just was full of cutscenes, and it's just playing this game is just so nice god it just feels yep. like the most streamlined fucking piece of software for sure i have to say i really this hasn't been intentional, but I've just realized I have just been gravitating so much more towards games that have no loading times, mm-hmm. no, yeah. like, just tons of cutscene stuff. Um, like, I played uh, I played a bunch of Assassin's Creed, which, Origins? What's the Egypt one? Origins? Yeah. I believe it's Origins, yeah. Yeah, I played a bunch of that when it came out. Uh, I don't really remember how much I talked about it on the podcast. I, I want to play it more now that the exp- exploration mode is out. Mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. Um, and, but... I have to admit that one of the things that kind of weaned me off of the game eventually was just how huge it felt. And I don't mean in terms of the size of the world. I mean in terms of just how many moving parts I had to constantly be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas you, you play something, and it's not like a knock against the game, but it's I think it's just the way that I like to interact with games. And I think software too. I mean, I think in part I'm so tired of dealing with, you know, you use like this is getting off into a weird tangent, but Nick, because you brought it up, I do I do appreciate mm-hmm. that so much about this game. Just using like the mobile web now is such a, an excruciating experience. You know, websites have so much extra crap like yeah. on them now, and even just scrolling. Sometimes things scroll in weird ways, and the page <laughs> loads badly, and it's it, it's just it's like wow, the software it just kind of sucks in a lot of ways. It's you know. I, it's hard to quantify, and I'm sure the thing I'm saying is not actually literally true in an absolute sense. But it 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 definitely feels like software and hardware are are kind of growing in ways that are not symbiotic. They're they're kind of like almost parasitic or something, and and the experience because it can get really bad. You're, and so you're describing between Assassin's Creed and also a bunch of like shitty web apps. You're describing lots of software that is built to be deployed rapidly at huge volume by large numbers of people as opposed to software that is written by a small number of people Mm. to be deployed efficiently. Right, in a very targeted manner. Yeah, I mean, just which isn't meant to draw any conclusion other than there's a lot of crappy software that's 
that exists yeah. just mm-hmm. just so that hundreds and hundreds of people can put content into it and then put it in your face whether yeah. it's good for you or not. That's probably true. And so I have really, really, really come more than ever. I, I mean, I think everyone always appreciates this, but certainly re- in the recent couple of years, more than ever, I have grown to appreciate software, whether, you know, games or not, that really prize uh, that kind of speed and efficiency and obviously it's a completely unfair comparison because this is a 2d game with a total download size of a few hundred megabytes and it's pixel based and it's got a very stream streamlined rule set and so on and so on and so on but like I don't know. That's also part of it. Like that's part right. of mm-hmm. you mean versus like streaming the entirety of Egypt off yes, of the disc. Yes, it's or whatever. not a fair yeah. comparison, obviously. Yeah. But it's but I mean it's also kind of a fair comparison for me personally because all of those things are this are kind of tied together. You know, it's like part of what I also enjoy about this game is not just the technical elements, but how streamlined and focused it is in its intentions and its design and everything else. I mean, I, I saw something that, uh, I, I haven't read the whole interview, but I just, before we were recording, I briefly saw an excerpt where Justin Moss said that about half of the four-year development time they spent on this game was really getting the UI perfect. Mm. And, you know, I'm sure there are things to criti- criticize about the UI. I mean, there are one or two things that were sort of unclear to me in some cases, but he basically said, we prioritized clarity and simplicity over cool ideas. If we had a cool idea that we couldn't make with a high degree of simplicity and straightforwardness, it couldn't go in the game. And I, I mean, that that's a, that's a choice. That's a choice that is bigger than just, oh, the game is 2D, so it loads fast. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's right. a choice that is, that is operating at a much more fundamental level of direction and intention, and it really pays off in this game. Um, so, yeah, sorry to springboard Nick off what you said into something mm-hmm. way fuzzier and weirder, but I I completely agree with you and I it's really helpful to the overall experience. Yep. Separately, I am also extremely excited to play the tourism stuff in Oh, Assassin's me too. Creed I'm so Origins. excited about that. It looks really <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not it has little to do with what I just said except that it feels like a significant um reassessment of a set of assumptions that go around games like that. And I think part of often what leads them to feel so big and overwhelming is that instead of rethinking those assumptions from first principles, they kind of just like add more things onto all the existing assumptions that have already been in all the previous versions of the game. And having a nonviolent just kind of exploration slash education slash like roaming mode in an Assassin's Creed is so smart. I'm really excited about it. It's it's an interesting twist on sort of the AAA game that gets a post-release novel DLC that d- that does um, sort of dissolves things down to a like subset of the original mechanics or uses all of the assets they already have and twists it in a, in a new way. I mean, like Minerva's Den in Bioshock Two was was an example of that, or Far Cry Blood Dragon or something, mm-hmm. where they're like, okay, we've shipped this huge game now. Some or all are those GTA like Ballad of Gay Tony and the Lost and Damned right. things of just like okay other team you have the entirety of this game as the possibility space mm-hmm. that now pick a core sample inside of it and yep. make a new game and I, it's 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 cool to those are often in my opinion more enjoyable than the main AAA game that they're derived from because oh, it I is totally like agree. a more focused experience and it's cool to see that the lens that they chose for this iteration of that to be, yeah, like tu- like tourism and education and nonviolent mm-hmm. exploration of all the assets. It's really yep. neat. Also, they're apparently selling it as a standalone thing for 20 bucks. 
Whoa, oh, nice. okay. That's, cool. that's, that's so cool. Yeah. I hope I'm right about that, but I think I am. Uh, if so, that's really cool. If not, whoops. <laughs> if not, it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If not, someone do that. <clears throat> I mean, I guess by someone, I mean Ubisoft. Someone else, crack it. <laughs> 1999 wares. <laughs> it's also the name of my my hacker group. Yeah, <laughs> um, it would be wares 1999. Wares 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Another release from wares 1999. <laughs> we also write our own bespoke keyjan music. <laughs> I love software that's been designed by only a few people. That, uh, <laughs> just really streamlined. You know, you open it up, it does just what it's going to do. Just me, Killer 6 to 9, <laughs> with my artisanal bespoke key gen. <laughs> it gets harder and harder. I mean, games uh, games get bigger and bigger every year as, as these major developers try to one-up each other. So it becomes harder for me to compete as a lone that's artisanal wares lord. <laughs> Support but, support artists. Pay yeah. for your wares. <laughs> People know it's worth the wait, though. <laughs> when when my crack is released, come right. come crack for exposure on my wares team. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Educational software. Oh right, edutainment. Mm. Edutainment <laughs> wares, I believe. <laughs> Um, Nick, you've been playing a game that I don't uh, know. I don't know what it is. What is it? It's sea of the, Thieves. It's the Sea of Thieves, Chris. Um, I hope the is, game is uh, called It's the Sea of it's Thieves. It's the Sea of Thieves, comma, Chris. It, uh, that is so hard to say. <laughs> the Thief of Sieves. <laughs> the Sea <Yes>. of Bees. <laughs> All valid titles. Uh, it is It is a game from Rare. Uh, what? Weirdly, wow! Yeah, How did I not yeah. Know about it is this? a it is a rare uh, game published by Microsoft, obviously, because I think what Microsoft owns Rare now, right? Um, I don't think they do anymore. Oh, no? Rare, yes, Rare, Rare is still owned, owned, I believe. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of Bungie yeah. for a second, who is no longer owned. Yeah, uh, Rare is still owned. They've been owned for a long time. The uh, I didn't know anything about this game either. Um, I I don't even know how I ran across it. I suspect. Uh, somebody on Twitter probably posted a screenshot or something. And any game that has like a boat, I will just instantly my interest oh, is peaked. Yeah, I just yeah. I just like sailing in general. So I just I was like, oh look at that, that looks pretty. Um, yeah, and it's got a boat. Uh, turns out That's it's cool. a game that is essentially like a multiplayer sandbox. It's a game that really it's it feels like a notable game to me in the sense that I don't think um, this is there an are, Xbox One game. I assume mm, Xbox One and PC. Okay, and cool. uh, it uh, it's not on Steam, unfortunately. It's just the Microsoft Store. Um, that so figures. Yeah, but uh, it, it it so it it's a game that so you you basically you're playing as a pirate uh, in an open world uh, sandbox environment, and um, you the premise is that you're um, either in a group of your own making or paired with uh, people up to like a four person crew. Um, and you take your four-person crew and just kind of run around in this sandbox and do whatever you want to do. Um, there, are, it's a, it's an incredibly odd game. Like there are no, um, there's very little UI telling you what to do. Uh, there's very little. Um, there are very few like explicit goals. So you know you load into this open world and you can buy. Um, like a quest from like a, a guy like basically the, the you know it's like sort of like a pirate 
uh, quest. You know, you get a map that has like a, a sort of vague, like the, the treasure is in this, you know, sort of vague description, blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of have to like track down and go through, you know, sort of island chains and trying to find this thing and blah, 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 blah. But like that is the only, like you are not given like a UI prompt that says go to this location. Um, the entire game is kind of, a sandbox in the traditional sense as opposed to like what you would say a sandbox game is today um like it really feels like just a a, a bunch of people in this uh open world kind of just like doing stuff and to huh. that end it's really enjoyable like i i had no i, I really i didn't know what to make of this game i i just sort of played it uh there was like an open <clears throat> beta for a day um and uh well i should say i was immediately uh, I almost just closed the game forever um, because so so the the way it works is <clears throat> you you kind of load up the game. Um, I I didn't know anybody else playing this game, so it match makes you with three other people. Sure, <clears throat> you choose whether you want to be on sort of a big ship or a little sloop. Um, and so I chose <clears throat> excuse me, I chose the big ship, and I loaded is up. Is there into a trade off the... there? If you're on the sloop, are you alone or something? Well, or... uh, I think the sloop you can have two people on it as opposed to f needing four, and uh, the sloop is faster in certain situations, but is weaker. Uh -huh. um, right. And uh, you know, part of this game is kind of going adventuring and 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 trying to find treasure, and then the other part is obviously there are other pirates in the world, and uh, you can you know you steal them. steal their stuff and you know fight them or whatever. Um, so I. Uh, I, I just chose like match make me to four people on one of the big ships or whatever. And I loaded up and it was a situation where I was loading into an existing crew, not uh, sort of starting from scratch, which, you know, when you start from scratch, you start kind of in the starting island with, you know, your boat and it's docked and everything's sort of calm and peaceful. I loaded into the situation where like I'm in the hold of this ship and like water is pouring in <laughs> on me and there are people running around like tacking <laughs> boards to the side of the ship yeah. And like just made like cannons wow. are just firing and like I, I was just wow. like what the fuck is going on like I didn't yeah. get any like tutorial prompt or anything <laughs> right. it was just fucking <laughs> madness and uh, That's good. uh yeah and I was just kind of walking around just like frobbing things and just like being a completely useless asshole and then probably like two minutes go by and you know the firefight sort of dies down or whatever was happening I didn't even really know because I was just in the hold. Uh, and so I'm looking at the people that I'm that I got paired with, and one of them was called his handle was Trump. Yeah, and I was oh, like, oh God. fuck, like this is this is the this is why I don't play like multiplayer games. Online like, of games. course, yep. this is not this is not what I. So this game has a mechanic where you can look at your list, your crew list, and if somebody is misbehaving in the crew, you can punish them by putting them in the brig, which is just like, <laughs> like a metal <laughs> cage. And I had chosen to play as this cool, like, 50-year-old pirate lady. Like, the designs in this game are actually kind of nice. Like, they're, they're well done in the sense that people don't look sexualized or, or anything. It's, it's, it's very just like, this is what you'd want a pirate to look like. And yeah. uh, I was playing as this cool chick. And, of course, the Trump yeah guy immediately looks at me. And because I'm being useless, he just starts chanting, lock her up. And then, like, they fucking Jesus threw me in the brig. And then they were all just, like, barfing in my face. And I just, what? I didn't even know what the hell was going on. And I was like, all right, oh this, I can't fucking play this game. I'm, I'm quitting out of this game. And, and then, like, 30 minutes later, I was like, eh, I guess I'll give it another shot. And I'm glad I did because it's actually, when you, when you play the game with people who are not just, like, 
people that would play like PUBG and scream at the top of their lungs being assholes. It's actually really, really enjoyable. And uh, I got paired with these people who I immediately liked because they weren't using voice chat. They were just typing. And I was like, thank yeah, Christ. Place. Like people willing to type, oh, you're giving me like the 90s experience that I that I crave when I'm in a multiplayer environment. I really yeah. don't. I don't want to hear anybody's voice. I don't want to know about their politics. I just want to like sail around on the ocean and just like talk about, uh. you know, like skeletons <laughs> or whatever. Just So fucking- you played you play the uh, base game and then uh, quit. Downloaded the Where's 1999 crack <laughs> yeah. version, which took 30 minutes to download and yep. install over your DSL. Yeah, basically. Uh, and then you were text chatting with cool people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the game, the game is really good. Like, so the whole premise. I mean, you're just on this ship, and so basically, you can't do all all of the things that you need to do to to steer the ship and 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 maintain it yourself. You need to cooperate as a crew. So. There, you know, you can get behind the wheel of the ship, but in order to sail, like there are, you know, on the on the larger ship, there are three masts with, you know, three sails accordingly. And each sail, in order to lower the sail or adjust the angle of the sail to catch the wind, you have to adjust three different ropes that are at different stations on the ship. Uh, in order to know where you are in the world, there's a map room, but the map room is sort of uh, like a, a level down from the uh, the helm. And so if, if you like if you want to have any idea where you're actually going, somebody has to be checking that occasionally. Um, if you're behind the wheel, the sails actually obstruct your view. And so there's no way to actually see where you're going half the time. So somebody has to be up on the mast, at, at, you know, kind of telling you like, uh, there's a ship coming or like there's an island fucking turn like. And if you actually have a crew that's willing to like do all of these things, it's fantastic because it's it's just basically it turns into this very chill sort of gorgeous uh, sandbox game where you have no explicit goals and you're just kind of exploring and poking at the world. And it's really, really fun. I spent probably like three hours, it just like zipped by with these three other guys, two of whom I don't think uh were uh spoke english but they but they clearly were like gregarious like very interested in like helping out the crew this other yeah. guy i couldn't figure out why he was so um uh just like willing to do all of these sort of menial tasks on the ship like he was very willing to let me just drive and fuck up uh and just you know be like the <laughs> captain who didn't know what the hell he was doing but he clearly like knew how to play the game and so i, I couldn't quite figure it out and after a while he just kind of like dropped the fact that he was in the Israeli Navy and <laughs> while he was just chatting and I was like, oh, okay. And and I was like, well, you should probably be like, Wait, is that an explanation? The- well, no, I, I don't oh. even remember why, why it came up. And I was, I think he just kind of like, I, I don't remember, but, but I was like, well, you should probably be steering the ship then if you're in the fucking Navy. <laughs> and he was like, no, actually I hate being the helmsman. That's why I don't want to steer. That's why I'm letting you be the captain. I hate being, I hate steering my missile boat. And I was like, oh my God, wow. what the fuck? This is, this is such a is 90s outrageous. experience where I'm like t- chatting yeah. with a guy in an online yeah, game and like it's just some weird guy in Israel. Um, and then we got into this like crazy, just, you know, sandboxy situation where we, we saw, so you have a spyglass. Um, oh God, this game, this game does a really good job of just making you, uh, giving you all the tools uh, that make you feel like just kind of a weird pirate. What, what, what just happened? Your screen just sort of, got a tint to it oh weird doesn't matter it doesn't make any difference (laughs) keep talking um the you know 
it's just it, it's it's really well done in the sense that there like I said there's no like inventory system per se like just everything in the world is just kind of like a chunky thing that you can pick up or use um, and so for instance you load in with uh, like a couple of instruments and so you can pull out your like concertina and just start playing like a song <laughs> cool. and then when yeah. somebody else pulls out another instrument the game knows what song I'm it playing harmonizes. and then adds the harmony Oh, uh, it's really, really good. really good. So like when all of the sort of jobs are done on the ship, like you're going in the right direction and everything, people just start like jumping up and down and playing songs, wow. which is just really like, it's just, it, that's it's, really good. It's How much really downtime good. is there like that? Oh, there's a lot of downtime. Like it, a lot of this huh. game is honestly slowly, which is another thing that I like about this game. It, it, it does sailing the right way, which is doesn't, you don't feel like you're zipping around the map. Like you're actually like sailing a ship and rocking up and down in the waves and, um, you know, weather wow. happens and it just Sounds feels kind of like magical. <laughs> it, it really like it. Honestly, it, it's really pleasant when you're when you're just sailing and there there aren't like weird like enemies that spawn on the map. So you're you're not constantly in combat. Like a lot of this game is just kind of sailing and looking at things in the distance. Um, and uh, and so so we we finally spotted this like sloop way off uh, from, you know, just in the, you know, kind of behind like a fog bank. And uh, the Israeli Navy guy was just like, ship, like he just started like rifling out orders, like, you know, raise the thing and like do this. And like, we've got to go this way. And I was like, oh, Christ. Okay. Like, I, oh, the I, real I, captain's here. Yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> Tell me what to do. And he, he kept like barking, like which direction to like turn the ship. And uh, finally we get, we start chasing this little sloop. And it was like so exciting because I didn't even know like what the hell we were going to do. Uh, because, you know, you can. So you he was to, actually. Even though you were technically the captain, he was, he was really actually the captain. Yes, he was the real captain. He was doing what an actual captain does, which is to tell everyone else what to do. Well, yeah, and they I just mean, do it, and you were just doing. Nick the was thing. just the exactly. guy at the steering wheel. He's just the steering guy, not the actual well, yeah, captain. The helmsman let's be clear. is yeah. never the actual captain. Like the, the, I, well, he I, isn't I, a cartoon. I felt Nick. Like the captain, but yeah, I was just fake, <laughs> fake steering asshole guy. Yeah, yeah. You um, had a cool cap on, and you were saying, "I'm driving," and uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, you're like the little kid yeah. with the other. I'm st- driving the boat. The well, he was saying like enemy to the aft, and I was like, so I turned left. Is that the one that's left? I don't. I can't aft remember. kind of sounds like left. Yeah, I think they it's both left. end with ft. Yeah, so we we got I, into this. Maybe it's not. Maybe aft is right. We don't know. People listening <laughs> yeah. to this are mad at us. Yeah. So we got <laughs> into this like hour long. We got into this like hour long hunt for Red October situation with this sloop, where we kept. Because the sloop is faster going against the wind, and that the sloop, whoever was driving that sloop, who I never actually like met, they clearly knew what the fuck they were doing because they were just driving circles around me. Like I would be chasing yeah. this thing, and it's a slow speed chase. And, you know, I would it would just That's sort of barely really barely be off our bow, and then it would start slowly turning around an island, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn around this island and we're gonna, you know, everybody get ready on the cannons. And then I would look, and it would just suddenly be behind us. Like it just completely fucking owned me in terms of like knowing how to like just navigate. Um, yeah. And uh, and so you know this just ki- kind of kept happening. We were chasing this one sloop for like what felt like an hour, um, and finally we got to this island that had kind of like a cove, but it was dark and storming, and I couldn't quite see. And you know the the the. Uh, the sails are in my way and I don't know what the hell's going on. So I can barely see as the sails just kind of like flap away for a brief moment. I get a view of this ship and it's, it looks like it's starting to just kind of uh, like anchor 
in front of this island and i thought okay maybe they're finally giving up and just kind of like you know abandoning ship and the, clearly i've won and so i'm going towards this island and it's getting darker and stormier and we're getting closer and it's still there the ship's still there and i don't i guess i'm i i, I typed to the guy i was like somebody get ready on the anchor so that when we get close to the island we actually stop but then I saw nobody was getting ready on the anchor. And I was like, all right, well, at least we'll just collide with their ship and, like, you know, board them or something. Um, and we're getting closer and closer. And finally, we get right up on this ship. And I realize what's happening is the sloop is small enough. And there was a, uh, like, an arch in oh, this island. Shit. And the sloop actually navigated its way what? straight through this tiny arch. And as I realized this... You know, we just just the shutter comes across, and like the whole the wow. whole ship just like bucks, <laughs> and there's this horrible sound, and and just like we come to a dead stop, and I realize like we're not making it and through that same it hole. Like he completely slipped oh, through the hole. Amazing! That and is the we most just, classic movie yeah. thing ever. It was. It was amazing. And then we didn't know. Like I had no idea. <laughs> like what are we gonna do? Because ships only sail forward, and there's no like. <laughs> Because this is like a game that's yeah. actually fairly not I wouldn't say realistically, but sort of earnestly sure, simulating the experience of, yeah, they, yeah. of sailing. You can't just like hit reverse. So right. we're just we were stuck there for like ten minutes and wow. I didn't know what the hell to do. Like we we raised the sails. Finally we realized if you raise the sails all the way and then just throw the wheel all the way over, eventually you'll kind of bob in the ocean and, and turn turn around. But it uh -huh. took so long, and I felt so bad. Like, I was the guy at the <laughs> helm, and I felt like I'd let everybody yeah. down, and the Israeli guy <laughs> yeah. was clearly, like, disappointed in me. Like, I could tell. Oh, no. He didn't say it, but I, I could tell he was just like, God yep. damn it, I trusted you to drive this fucking ship, and now you well, fucked Nick, it all up. Now you know why movie bad guys will foolishly try to chase someone through a tiny hole to yeah. their own destruction because you were the guy. Oh now. yeah, you did no, it. It was totally yeah. that guy in that scene. Uh, God, and then imagining the other uh, the the helmsman of that little sloop. Yeah, must have oh, felt like the most oh. incredible. So where they they're looking hero. behind them as in their literal wake, your stupid ship is just like grinding against yeah. a yeah, rock. Yeah, no, this was totally <laughs> like m the middle of Master and Commander, where he gets away and the and the captain's God. just like fuming and is you know just oh like I can't. Ugh. So so that happened. Uh, long story short, we spend another half an hour kind of just tooling around. And then we come upon an <laughs> island where there's a dock and there's a sloop just, uh, uh, you know, anchored at this dock. And part of this game, like the real reason you, you're, you're, you know, the real thing you're supposed to be doing is chasing treasure down on these islands. And, and yep. actually, like, you know, there are a couple of, like, skeleton enemies or something. And you're, you're supposed to go sort of exploring these kind of Pirates of the Caribbean style, uh, you know, hideouts and digging up treasure and then seeing what's in the treasure and kind of adding that to your, you know, the, the ship has, like... Uh, stores and you can get chests and you know collect all this booty which is why you would attack another player is to steal mm -hmm. their treasure that they've already got you know uh, yeah. uh, found on these islands anyway we come upon this sloop and it's 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 anchored and it was so good like, we <laughs> I, I i just started yelling orders at the other two guys i was like everybody get on the aft side of the ship load the cannons i'm gonna bring us right up alongside we're gonna get, somebody drop wait, wait, anchor right quick when question we, quick question yeah when you said get on the aft side of the ship yeah one did they go to the side you were expecting yes two did everyone go to the same side no no <laughs> no <laughs> one two two guys went to the one side the other guy just kind of i think didn't know what it, what i was saying or and just kind of right. fucked off yeah. uh i think he actually jumped overboard at that point uh but we, we, 
But we. I so thought we, that's what aft was. Yeah, we pulled up alongside it, and we just we 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 threw like thirty cannonballs into the side of the ship, and yeah. it was just so like there was well first somebody <laughs> went across to the ship. And, and looted it and then came back and then we just started pelting it with cannonballs and clearly these guys who had docked were on the island somewhere else uh, right. and then of course and we were we were just being assholes because they had no chance uh, but but finally like after this ship is slowly sinking into the ocean we see them coming over the rise <laughs> and then we just turn the cannons on them and they're shooting at us and like we oh we just destroyed them it was just it was oh the storyline that went through there like we they finally escaped us and then like an hour later we just come upon them uh you were just definitely fucking, the villains oh i know i know it's fantastic <laughs> they all died it was it was great um and then and then the my the end of my experience of playing this game is that i was kind of on the deck uh just you know re- just reveling in our glory and uh but we didn't really have anything to do at the time so i was just spamming spacebar and just jumping around like an idiot and i just fell off the side of the ship and it kind of sailed away from me <laughs> and i just quit but God. Uh, it's it was just it really was like a magical couple of hours in in a game yeah. that i didn't know what it was or what you were supposed to be doing yeah. Uh, it looked gorgeous and just kind of was this passive world in, in a way that I just really appreciated. Yeah, there was nothing fantastic. actually ch- like getting in my face and making me shoot something. You know, everything that I did was something that I kind of just imagined I should be doing or maybe I wanted to do and nothing like the game was just not telling me this is what you have to do. And I feel like it just in 2018 that just felt like such a refreshing thing and and yeah. a, and I, I suspect that you know as as i was trying to communicate here it, it, the game clearly is really dependent on playing with somebody who isn't an asshole um yeah, which is right. just you know if you if you don't yeah. have three other people who own this game then you're really rolling the dice um man but, nick uh, i really want to play this with you let's try yeah and play this I, I i i we, that was, we don't play stuff online anymore but i yeah that, this sounds like i would a, definitely play this with you guys yeah, as well this yep. sounds fantastic i yep. i would have absolutely Especially if I was playing a free beta that I hadn't already that I hadn't paid for, I definitely would have quit after that initial Trump shithead. Yes. So I'm really glad you didn't to yeah. report back. Yeah, on this I, uh, because that sounds this this sounds great. What do you think the motivation is for Microsoft to publish something like this for its party? Are they trying to? I, I'm not claiming it's like Minecraft, but are they trying mm. to generate another thing that might have the kind of valence that Minecraft does, which is sort of just this perpetual experience that. You, so I mean, wh- 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 this doesn't sound like something that Microsoft would. Yeah, it's weird. I don't. I like don't, a major publisher would just fund. I don't know. It's a. It's it's a. It feels. It's it's a very odd game in that way because I don't know. Like I went on the sort of, um, you know, forum for this for this game, just trying to figure out like what you know. After playing it, I was I just wanted to know like what was I supposed to be doing or like what what else is there in the game? Um, and it seems like, um, people either love how just kind of lacks the sort of systems are in, in terms of making you do things or just hate that there aren't like a thousand quests and like a progression system and you know what yeah. i mean like it seems yeah, like pe- so the, the average gamer seems to want this game to be like a destiny style thing but it mm. is just like so like it's just clearly not ever going to be that um yeah. and so I'm, I'm curious like what you know what else there is to do in it i don't actually know i mean maybe this game is 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 sort of a game where you would play it for three hours and find out there isn't a whole lot to do but just the experience of sailing around to me was just so enjoyable that i feel like i could probably 
just do that for you know 10 hours and feel like i i i yeah. got my money's worth i but it is I a mean, curious game in, in terms of you know the current state of of like an online you know it's not a game where you're gonna like PUBG or something where there's an you know a, a round end to it or like and it's not competitive in the mm-hmm. sense that there will ever be like a leaderboard but then there aren't also there you know there, there aren't like base building systems you know like I, yep. I suspect, like, if anything, they'll add more kind of incentives to keep playing in the sense of, like, probably you can maybe get, like, a better ship or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end yep. of the day, it's still probably going to fundamentally be the same experience. So I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, the thing that you're describing, um, it remind the reason I, particularly the reason I said, Nick, I really want to play this with you, uh, in part is because it the it's such a different game, clearly, but... The way you were describing playing this made reminded me of a lot of the reasons I played th- th- World of Warcraft in its mm, original mm-hmm. form yeah. when it came back and when it came out in 2014. That game absolutely was designed with a lot more right. of the kind of granular quest stuff and like checkboxing and all that stuff, which I assume has only grown as the game has been out longer because that t- tends to be the direction of travel for games like that. Um, but the thing that it did have if you wanted it was kind of just the languid exploration while you're sort of simultaneously on voice chat with your friend. If you just had that separately hooked up Um, and being in a beautiful world and sort of discovering things Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that, that is really different obviously to something like destiny, which it's just, it's just a very different sort of set of, of uh, starting points for a, a, a multiplayer online experience uh and i don't think i would really ever use something like world of warcraft for that purpose now right uh but this game feels like it actually might be if not necessarily designed for that like certainly conducive yeah. to it yeah yeah the voice so chat is actually cool. it's you know they have voice chat integrated into the game and it's directional so you know like if you're in front of somebody they'll actually project their voice towards you mm. which is really cool right um, but I had it turned off, so I don't. Right, <laughs> I don't know how right. well. It well I would. I mean, the way I, I would do this would be I would have just separate voice chat for Discord the actual somewhere. friend, yeah. friends, mm-hmm. uh, real friends yeah. I was playing with, and then yep. not have voice chat in the game. Yep. Or um, I would listen to yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The thing that I would want from this game is just more sort of territory to explore, which is basically yeah. the only reason why I enjoyed World of Warcraft. Sure. Um, yep. so, yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, that's what the sort of vector is for for the cool. way they roll out content. But anyway, yeah. Very interesting Man. game. I don't know good, if it's good. if it's actually yeah. you know traditionally good, but my Whatever. experience it playing matter. it was, it was super anything. was super interesting. And yeah. that's Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves. That's cool. Thanks for playing and sharing, Nick. That was extremely interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. Oh yeah. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by the GDC 2018 Idle Thumbs Community Meetup. Nice. It is pretty nice. Yeah, a, a lot of Idle Thumbs readers from the forums and from the Idle Thumbs reader Slack put this together every year, I think, at GDC. It's just a community evening meetup in a bar uh, where a bunch of like-minded Idle Thumbs fans can hang out together. Mm-hmm. This year, it is uh, it is on Friday, March 23rd, which is the last day of the show, starting around 6 p.m. It's at the Tiki Bar Pagan Idol, which is... Uh, 
It's downtown. Yeah, it's, it's down- in the financial district. It's in the financial district. It's just it's on the corner of Bush and Kearney, and it's it's just a few blocks walk really from the Moscone Center where GDC is. Yeah. So if you want to go hang out with some Idle Thumbs folks at an event that the community runs itself, check it out. The Idle Thumbs community meetup at Pagan Idol, March twenty third. That's Friday around six p.m. Yeah. And there are details about that on the forums if you want to see more. Is that an idle banter? Oh, is it not in the forums? It's in the forums. We'll link it in the show notes. Okay, cool. Sounds good. And Pagan Idol also, it's a tiki bar, and it's very big. They have a lot of space. Yeah, it's not. It's it's spacious and ostensibly ostensibly decorated. That's not the word I meant to use. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that it's allegedly decorated. Sick burn. (laughs) My brain has stopped working entirely, so that's too Bummer. bad. All right. Thanks, Idle Thumbs community. <laughs> Jesus. GDC 2018. Man. Ostentatiously. There we go. Holy crap. Ah, that's mm. the word you wanted. Mm, okay. Holy God. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we back? Mm-hmm. Nix, you've been doing this like mm-hmm thing for several minutes now. Hmm. And it's, I'm, it's, it's not like no one has me. noticed. In fact, it's all we've <laughs> talked about, and yet you've kept doing it. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it. So, Nick, did you see that there's uh, some Prey, uh, there's like a Prey expansion pack coming out set on the moon? What do you think about that? <laughs> all right, well, it's been fun doing this episode of Idle Thumbs. <laughs> it's been fun I, doing Idle Thumbs. I enjoyed it, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, there's something I'm curious about unrelated to Nick's... Uh, vocalizations mm. um and it is his mouth sounds <laughs> it is something jake that you alluded to prior to the podcast you've ordered some kind of gaming hardware oh it's true oh i was i don't re- even know what that means oh, I, said, I said it was a retro retro game uh, console or retro- something oh you didn't say that part oh, i said retro gaming hardware you said hardware i was thinking of like an advanced gamer chair or something. Oh, I wish that I had like an advanced a flight gamer stick chair. Or some kind of module. Nah, nah okay. it's nothing cool. I mean, it is really cool. Uh-huh. There's, a com- there's a company called Analog that makes really high quality retro game consoles. Like they've reverse engineered the like replicas the original not really it's like it's new industrial design but it shares the same controller ports they put out mm. a thing just called the nt mini which is a re-architected nintendo that has hardware compatible like original nintendo hardware compatible new a new motherboard and it out but it outputs directly to hdmi so like you can still Does it pl- accept cartridges you put a nintendo okay. cartridge into it and you can plug controllers into uh, it okay. but it it sends out a just clean signal to modern televisions without you having to do, do a bunch of other shit but then that, that that system was fine looking aesthetically it was a little funky it felt very much like someone's first effort but they uh, announced and have shipped the super nt which is a super nintendo alike and it's a really just nice looking piece of hardware and unlike the uh, nintendo one it's set up to accept both Super Nintendo and Super Famicom cartridges, which is just the other form oh, factor cool. that European and Japanese ones use. Mm-hmm. And they also partnered with a company who makes the good wireless Super Nintendo controller for enthusiasts. Who ma- And so, like, there's a few different colors of plastic that the Super NT comes in, and you can also order matching, like, really high-quality wireless Super Nintendo controllers, where it just looks like a, Nintendo, a Super Nintendo controller with no wire, obviously. But then at the at the... Uh, it has a uh, the the connector is the shape of the Super Nintendo plug because it's it can plug into a regular Super Nintendo mm. or to this other system. 
I don't know why I bought this, but I was just <laughs> seems, I, seems I, fine. It it was just such a nice, nicely made thing, and I still have all of my Super Nintendo cartridges. Yeah, uh, I bought it. Cool. <laughs> why not? That reminds me um, of a an SNES related experience that I had recently that actually has been has loomed just as large in my recent memory as Into the Breach has in terms of uh, dominating my, my psyche, uh, which is that I was on a, um, a ski trip recently with uh, former Double Fine coworkers, uh, which we go on every year, and uh, Ben Burbank, uh, who uh, I used to work with at Double Fine and who we also work with at uh, Campo Santo, uh, brought along... Uh, uh, is it an SNES Mini? Is yeah. That, okay. Yeah, he brought along an SNES Mini, which he had hacked in some way to have way more games on it than it comes with. And one of the games that's on it is Tetris Attack and Doctor Mario, which is a sort of combined. Oh, which is two of the two of the great games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, Doctor Mario, this game's fun, and I started playing it. And Patrick Hackett, who I also used to work with the Double Fine, and who is the co-creator of Tilt Brush. Uh, just VR kind of drawing application. Uh, he was like, "Oh, I'm good at this game." Oh, well, that was a fucking understatement. He <laughs> is a demon at this game. <laughs> I ended up oh in a God. like three evening long, just grudge match with Patrick over Doctor Mario, in which I maybe won two out Oof. of. 200 games? <laughs> wow. I mean, I don't know, maybe not that many. Why did you like, keep playing? Because I could feel myself getting better, but I, so it felt like, I'm like, oh, I'm getting <laughs> Where you're better. like, that tiny dot off in the distance yeah. that I'm chasing might have, I might have noticed that I, that it got a little bigger right. in my point of view. But the thing I realized over time was that he was also getting better. Because he mean, was probably rusty was, too yeah, as exactly, an amazing yeah. champion. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of us had played in years. It's just that his skill ceilings <laughs> was like started off, or his skill floor, I guess, is what I mean. Started, started right. off above so the much, ceiling you were even going to hit, exa- and then he went up from there. Exactly, so, yeah. right. And the thing that was so frustrating is that everyone else at the cabin, I was capable of basically demolishing. So it's like either I could play someone else and not get any better, or I could play Patrick and get a little bit better, but just be totally fucking stupid. Stomped, and he would still get better anyway. And I suspect that for him, the it you know the the experience of playing me probably wore out a lot faster than the, yep. like yeah. I never wanted to stop playing Patrick at Doctor Mario. I basically didn't want to do anything else that entire weekend except for play Patrick at Doctor Mario because to me there was a goal. But he had absolutely nothing to prove because he just wiped the floor with me again and again and again and again and again. Meanwhile, I'm like, you want to play? You want to play again? You want to play Dr. Mario? I mean, he was definitely into it, but I was way more into it. I'm surprised that Dr. Mario is the one that took the, took the lead in the Tetris Attack Dr. Mario combo. I just Tetris never Attack, really played Tetris Attack. Ah, Tetris mm. Attack was like the game that I had basically glued into my Super Nintendo mm. for decades after sort of after that system fell out of yeah. fashion. I'm still terrible at it, but I love it. Yeah. Well, he, Patrick is coming over to the office on Wednesday. I'm not going to play, play a game Mar- with him because okay, no, oh, to play Doctor Mario with you. I'm going to fucking play a game with him. Good, 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 <laughs> That's good. Definitely, what's going to happen? <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm really excited about it, even though I'm obviously going to get creamed. Uh, I I went so far as to like finding a like a flash online emulated version of Doctor Mario that I played for a bit, but it sucks. Oh, it's on the office compared- Super Nintendo. 
that's right. Ben brought it in and and told reminded me of that. I haven't even played it on there since then, so I'm still going to get totally totally wrecked by Patrick. But uh, but I'm looking forward to playing it. That's such a good game, Doctor Mario. Yep. What a clever, good idea. And it features uh, Mario's medical expertise, which he rarely gets to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rarely employed. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that. That's all I got about Dr. Mario. So, sorry, guys. That's all I have to say about Dr. Mario. <laughs> this week's Dr. Mario cast. Yeah. Uh, speaking of weird pseudo throwbacks, Spud writes, Hi, Thumbs. I stumbled upon David Lynch teaches typing on itch.io today and could think of nowhere more appropriate to share this confusing edutainment concept than with idle thumbs. Uh, and then he links to David Lynch teaches typing on itch.io by someone, a uh, creator named Rhino Stew um, from Spud on the idle forums. Jake, I think you, I did not actually play this, but I think I'm Jake, sad that you did. didn't. I'm sad that you oh, didn't really? play it, Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, David Lynch teaches typing is exactly what you would expect it is from the name. It's a fake version of Mavis Beacon teaches typing or one of those sort of 80s, 90s edutainment things, except that the conceit of it is that David Lynch is teaching typing. And, um, you know, it does a bunch of sort of send-ups of Lynchian weirdness that are fun to experience, but the thing that is absolutely worth experiencing in this game is its David Lynch impersonation, <laughs> which oh, is so fucking good. Oh, man. It is so good. I'm, I'm here for David that. Lynch telling you to, like, put your fingers on the home <laughs> row keys. Like, yeah, I like your David Lynch impression that you do on Twin oh, Peaks sure. Rewatch. It's this uh, is the Patrick Hackett as with uh, Doctor yeah. Mario, right? Yeah, you're you're yeah. like oh, I do a better one than most of my friends. Eat shit when you play this. <laughs> David Lynch teaches typing games. David Lynch uh, yeah. impersonation. That's good. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, it's that's why there would be no reason to make that game unless that element were able yeah. to be pulled off. Yeah, with panache. Uh, we'll link to that in the description. Is it a, is it an actual just? Is it a gag that like you do it and then it ends, or is it actually legitimately? A typing program that you could play indefinitely. Uh, it's not a full typing program. Okay. Although it, it lists itself as the trial version, and I have no idea if they actually <laughs> plan to continue to develop right. the typing program. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. I did well at a challenge, and David Lynch told me that I did very well, and I felt good about myself. Right. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you felt But yeah, you're not going to learn to type very well. That's fine. I already type pretty well. Not as well as Patrick, though. Uh, we have an email from... Jordan Erica Weber, who wrote in, um, in I guess inspired by the discussion we had last episode about Celeste and um, sort of the notion of a game within a game, which in Celeste was a Pico 8 original version of Celeste inside the bigger, full successor game of Celeste. And then we talked about the... Um, Oh, who's the guy who made Inside a Star Phil Scott? Jason Rohrer uh, made a game that was also sort of recursive. Anyway, Jordan Erica Weber wrote in to say, listening to episode 316 and your discussion of a game within a game, I was reminded of something I played at EGX Resed in 2017. Hmm. It's from Jonathan Whiting, who's worked on games like Sports Friends and Loot Rascals, and it's called Nest. I won't spoil it, except to say that it basically represents the most literal possible interpretation of a game within a game. But you should definitely give it a try. It should only take you a few minutes to get the idea. It was made from Ludum Dare 37, and you can play it for free. We will link that in the description as well. Cool. Uh, she says, I can only manage to reach about the third nest, but I'm sure one of you is a skilled enough video game player to get further than that. All the best, Jordan Erica Weber. 
Um, I did play this, and I am actually going to just spoil it for the purpose of describing what it is because probably most people won't go download it and play it. And okay. I don't really, I think the actual thing is not so much being spoiled on what it is as much as trying to actually wrestle with it. Okay. Uh, this is a game where it starts off and it's a, it's like one of those first person dungeon crawler games where when you press W to go forward, it takes you forward one fixed interval yeah, like a tile exactly and if you hit left it just swivels you left 90 degrees yeah right swivels you right 90 degrees and so on so it's like that and you just kind of walk around like a few t- corridor twists and turns in a corridor and then you see on the floor a big forward arrow back arrow left arrow and right arrow and you realize when you step on those arrows there's a huge screen in front of you on which an avatar inside that screen is at the beginning of the little passageway you mm. just started and as you step on and off of those controls, the character you in control the screen yeah. gets controlled. Of course, as you might imagine, when that character, if you can successfully navigate that character to the end of its journey using those arrow keys, it also reaches arrows on the ground, which then control another character inside another screen on that character's screen. And by the time you get that far, it's already a complete <laughs> just it's a it's a fucking mind trip because you have to abstract you have to realize like oh you can't just press w to move forward you have to move press w to move forward which will then move one of the characters forward who will then move forward and then you have to move backwards to move off of it but you don't just move backwards off of it you have to move backwards onto off of it then also move backwards again onto the backwards one which will move the next guy backwards one like oh, it just so that stuff gets out of yeah it gets a, turning is really where it gets absolutely bonkers cuz turning is not strafing it's actually rotating 90 right. degrees so you have to rotate mm. 90 degrees then go forward then rotate back the other direction i mean it 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 starts becoming like almost a sort of spatial like algebra problem or something that you're mm. solving it's really intense uh and it's it's you know it's good it's it makes sense that the developer chose to make the pathway fairly short yeah because the oh, point yeah. of it isn't that you're actually going to play a whole game length thing this way it's just to get your mind around the outrageous conceit of abstracting your controls that many levels i don't know it's worth trying out it's called nest cool you can find it on itch um oh actually nick you played uh, one other game you have not yet talked about oh that's true i played uh, <laughs> a lot of subnautica which i yeah that's right I had never played that game. Uh, in fact, yeah. I was barely even aware of that game. It turns out it's been out oh, really? for like four goddamn years or something. And uh, yeah, it's been in early access been forever. Good lord. Yep. Yeah, we, yeah. It's, it's strange to like come across a game like that that's just had a billion updates. Whereas normally, now yeah. it's like you would get in and there would be nothing, and you're just kind of on the ground floor. But this was just, I guess, just released officially like a month ago. Uh, oh, yeah, for real? oh, yeah. It, okay. it left early access pretty oh, recently. Wow, okay. yeah, yeah. So it was it was strange to discover it. I mean, I guess it's logical. I probably saw an ad for it or something. But um, yeah, I I, pl- I played it ages ago when it. All, I think when it was pretty new. Yeah, actually. we talked about it on the show when it was brand new. Oh, yeah. Wow, crazy. It's kind of um, like would you? Uh, it's it's been so long since I played it. How would you describe this game? I mean, my memory is that it's at the time it sort of felt like a rudimentary Minecraft of the sea. Um, but I don't yeah, really I mean, think that's actually accurate. No, it's it's well known. Probably not so much. I mean, there's a base building aspect. I mean, it's similar to a lot of these yeah. kind of survival games in the yeah. sense that you've got like yeah. a food and water ticker that's kind of eating away at you. And then that's true. It's um, more of a survival. But, thing. you know, it seems like I mean, I'm, I'm taking a stab here, but I'm, I'm going to guess that the game probably launched with very little kind of like directive. And it was more of just like a straight up yeah. sandbox. But now it. 
it seems to be kind of giving you, if not a story, kind of a somewhat like light, you know, progression to kind of yep. discovering things. Anyway, I I really enjoyed playing it because it's it's just it kind of like um, Sea of Thieves. It's just a very relaxing, uh, like uh, I mean I mean there's almost no actual combat in Subnautica, so that that I appreciated. Um, I liked making my little underwater base and it's just they god and did you when you played it chris did they have the the submarine in the game at that point i don't know um, if, if you remember that at all it's probably been remi- a while. not the thing you start in but oh man oh my god it's so good uh like the the they clearly just you know it's been four years so i'm gonna guess you know the submarine update was probably a big deal at the time but like man it is so much fun to play around in this stupid thing like eventually you know you you build a, a base and it's kind of like uh modular uh building um uh you know they give you kit pieces basically to sort of you know bash a, a base together and eventually as you're kind of exploring this ocean world you pick up uh technology pieces that kind of allow you to fill out your tech tree or what have you and then you can build other things like a vehicle bay that allows you to build uh increasingly complex vehicles and one of the vehicles the sort of like end vehicle um is this enormous submarine that oh, wow. just it has the feeling of like it's actually similar to sea of thieves in that sense where you know sea of thieves has this massive ship and it feels like the kind of thing that games probably wouldn't handle well like even five ten years ago you know that like where you're in it but it's it's not like an instanced thing it's it you actually feel like you're still in the i mean you are literally still in the world space but everything like if you're in the submarine and you dive the screen actually just starts to skew in you know like the like like your character actually behaves properly as the thing dives you're still standing up straight but so you see the actual like oh sure you know i mean it's just oh it feels so good and you're walking around in this enormous submarine. It kind of becomes like your mobile base where you can, you know, store things in it. You can build things inside of this submarine. You can build like a weird like mech like exploring vehicle that then docks to the submarine itself. Like, ugh, just all the way that the, all of these uh, sort of vehicles and bases interact is just so satisfying in like a very like Jacques Cousteau way. Like, I've just That's been awesome. spending like hours just like tooling around in the submarine and like you eventually get something that kind of gives you like a 3d map that you can look at while you're in the sub and like uh i i i I didn't really come prepared with stories i had so many crazy weird things happen to me uh just kind of like diving down into the depths of this uh world but um it's it's really really satisfying i i just really like it as a game that doesn't um ever require combat of you I mean, like, yeah, that's, it, it that's really, really nice. it has the feeling of like, you know, eventually it really starts to just feel like you're, you're playing in like the abyss or something where you just, you have no idea. Like there are like, obviously eventually just crazy, weird undersea creatures and things that, that start to threaten your, your submarine. Um, and, uh, just sort of playing cat and mouse with that stuff, but without the sort of goal of killing any of it is really fun. Like just not knowing if I dive down into this weird cave in my submarine, like, am I going to be able to make it out in time if, if something starts chasing me or like, you know, I spent like an hour just kind of navigating a really dark system of these caves and then just came upon this insane, like underwater network of like, just I don't know, like alien stuff that I didn't even know what it was for, and then like I figured out what it was for, and then I've just it it really they did a really good job of not um 
making much of this game clear even in its 1.0 release and so it's fun to kind of just poke around and again like much like sea of thieves it's it's just a, a really relaxing game that's really crisply made um and uh and just you know very uh very satisfying to spend like God, I probably spent like 20 hours playing this stupid game in the last. So couple of weeks. I was going to ask you actually, how long did, how much did you have to play before you were able to build the submarine? Um, I think because I literally knew nothing about the game, I probably spent more time playing than I needed to to achieve that yeah. stuff. Um, but that would be like, true for most people. That's pr- yeah. I I well, I think I was being a real idiot for for <laughs> a lot of the beginning sure. of the game. I mean, there's a very clear way to progress that I kind of didn't understand initially um in the sense that you start out kind of on this uh uh, sort of protected kind of reef and then you know as you progress out from that the game kind of seeds more of these technology pieces that you can use to kind of you know actually build out your your base and things and i i really wasn't investing a lot of time in that stuff i was just kind of exploring and kind of just you know doing nothing basically for probably like eight hours um, and then I finally realized, like, oh, well, this whole time I should have been scanning things and doing the, like, using the the one major tool that they give you at the beginning of the game. Maybe I should have been using that. Uh, and I think if I'd been doing that, it probably would not have taken me much time to actually make real progression. But I don't know. I would probably say, you know, after six or eight hours or so, you would have like a fairly a fairly robust, like, cool under undersea base with like a, a couple yep. of vehicles, and it's it's just. Oh man, the just the way that they've the like the game feel for all that stuff is just so fucking solid. It's just really fun to just tool around in in in, in just the little like like even the little there's like a, a a sort of mini submersible that you get before the submarine, and even that thing just is just so much fun. Like they all have kind of they're all rated for certain depths that they can get to, and and they all have kind of different um, attributes as far as like you know you can lo- you can load the smaller submersible into the 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 main um submarine and then when you get into like a huge underwater cave you can pop into that smaller thing and use it to kind of explore smaller networks of of uh of mm. caves and stuff and it's just oh it's just i don't know i i really it's a very um I don't know. It's 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 i can't really compare it to Minecraft because I, in Minecraft i No I never, that that was an that was sort of an inelegant a, comparison. Yeah, sure, I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a game where, that I played like this, where it's it really is just a sandbox that feels very um, fleshed out. Like, uh, but but it's 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 like playing Skyrim, but if there weren't you know NPCs trying to murder you every five right. minutes or even quests, yeah. really, you know. Yeah. Um. It's. I don't know. I I I really appreciate it for that. Um. I mean, I think. Uh, I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I but I believe he's publicly stated Char- Charlie Cleveland who is the um I guess sort of principal designer or project lead of this game uh he was one of the primary people responsible for um oh what was that half-life mod natural selection, natural selection. and natural selection 2 uh, yep yeah, yeah. yeah natural selection 2 is what they made before they made subnautica and I think and and I think he Charlie has said he explicitly wanted to make something that wasn't about guns and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Like, I think he really wanted to make something that was, I mean, that game has combat in it, right? Of some form. Uh, oh yeah. It's a multiplayer yeah. combat game, right? I mean, it's, is it not? No. Am Subnautica? No, I'm I, talking no, about natural selection. Yeah, no, I know. I'm saying 
post natural oh, oh, selection. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. I think he was saying he wanted to make something that Subnautica, was not. Subnautica does not have. Well, I think I think there you you can get like a torpedo. I mean, you can get point, damaged, but, like, but yeah. okay, yeah. But it's it's not a game it's that's not really a game about that's really, weapons no. or violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's yeah he's become increasingly I think interested in that and it's cool that this game has been so mm-hmm. massively successful which I it has been yeah um, it was just been a huge hit for them which is really cool mm-hmm. yep and you describing the submarine makes me really it, oh it makes God. me with someone it makes me Fuck. want just like a casual submarine game yeah where yeah. you don't need to necessarily build it yourself after 20 hours. But, oh, sure. Uh, yeah. But Well, you can yeah, also because... load into this game and just hit like the cheat that gives you the submarine. Oh, really? So, yeah, you oh, can. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, do it. You won't. It makes you'll, me... uh, you'll earn it. You won't cheat your way into it. I know you <laughs> will not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, but, but, but hearing your description of the two games today makes me want the submarine version of Sea of Thieves also mm, mm. oh yeah um, yeah no it's God, the true actually, version of that with yeah. like just going a hundred percent sort of like hunt for red october style mm-hmm. where you encounter an enemy not even necessarily by seeing them if you're inside the submarine <laughs> right. but because you the guy on the audio console can hear it is what is or communicating I mean, Nick, you've just played... through like text but not being able or like even just you know like the ping scene or whatever you know where yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sur- surfacing and then yeah, basically yeah, sending yeah, text getting, messages back and yeah, forth in yeah. uh, having to learn more code. code yeah yep you Nick, know, you've played Silent Hunter, is it? I mean, I assume that's oh not. Uh, is that Silent, anything like this? I've never actually played any. Silent, Silent Hunter is great. Games. It's not. It's not multiplayer, but it's it's fantastic. No, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's 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 kind of like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want I mean, the chill one. Yeah. I want the like Jacques Cousteau version, not necessarily the right. The Red like, October version. The Red October. Although that yeah. would be pretty fucking cool too. You could have all of the above. Yeah, that's true. You could just have different modes or something mm-hmm. or just whatever. I mean, you're largely out in a sea finding a sweet coral reef or an octopus, but occasionally yeah. a submarine comes by and it could be a fellow explorer yeah. or, mm. or rude pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. Well, I, uh, I you am- You can tell they're rude because you'd be able to hear their like obnoxious music through the ocean as their submarine got near you. <laughs> <laughs> they would sort of Bioshock their obnoxious music into your mm-hmm. uh, area, yeah, dramatically. Would you kindly turn off your shitty music? Well, thanks for checking <laughs> up. Oh, man, yeah, peak <laughs> reference, <laughs> key reference. Um, I guess that's it. I guess that's it for Out of Thumbs this month. Um, unless you guys have anything else. No, yeah. I think we should stick with this really strong ending that we have going <laughs> yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's go out on a high note. Yep. All right. Uh, good. Well, we'll do just that. If you would like to email us any questions about video games or comments or whatever, send them right along to questions at idlethumbs.net. I always get really languid when I'm ending these podcasts. Do whatever. We've been doing it for a while, and now it's like, it's like 7 o'clock at night, and I'm just like, boo. Yeah, I remember when tired. we first finally started putting end tags on these shows because we did not for the first like 250 yeah. episodes. You were like, okay, guys, we're going to do this. No goofing around. It's got to be high <laughs> energy and it's got to be consistent because that's what people respond to. And now you're like, ah, if you got a, an email, ugh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> anyway. Ah, tell a friend if you like it. Our website is idlethumbspodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast there. We can be found on iTunes and all the other places that you get them. And uh, and that's it. That's all we got for this month's Idle Thumbs. We'll be back probably, I would guess, next week 
with the Ruination cast, where we answer questions from high tier Patreon backers. Look out for that as well on this very feed. Mm. And for that, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. I say, instead of saying for idle thumbs, you said for that. For that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that was. Bye. 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 Goodbye. I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> I was way more tired than I thought I was. Yeah, oh, I'm fucking exhausted. It's a disaster. Did we all just get fucking destroyed by daylight savings? Or I don't know. I don't I don't actually don't know what happened. I feel like I did. Yeah. I even stayed up later than I should have that night, not even remembering that it was daylight savings, so I made it even worse You're than it already fool. would have been. I was awake when the time changed. Oh for real? Yeah. Alright, see you guys. Bye. Right, bye. We're old now. Bye.